The four sisters sat knitting away in the twilight while the December snow fell quietly without and the fire crackled cheerfully within. It was a comfortable old room, though the carpet was faded and the furniture very plain. For a good picture or two hung on the walls, books filled the recesses, chrysanthemums and Christmas roses bloomed in the windows, and a pleasant atmosphere of home peace pervaded it. Margaret, Meg, the eldest of the four, was sixteen and very pretty, being plump and fair, with large eyes, plenty of soft brown hair, a sweet mouth, and white hands of which she was rather vain. Fifteen-year-old Joe was very tall, thin, and brown, and reminded one of a colt, for she never seemed to know what to do with her long limbs, which were very much in her way. Her long, thick hair was her one beauty, but it was usually bundled into a net to be out of the way. Elizabeth, or Beth as everyone called her, was a rosy, smooth-haired, bright-eyed girl of thirteen, with a shy manner, a timid voice, and a peaceful expression which was seldom disturbed. Amy, though the youngest, was a most important person, in her own opinion at least, a regular snow maiden with blue eyes and yellow hair curling on her shoulders, pale and slender, and always carrying herself like a young lady, mindful of her manners. The clock struck six, and having swept up the hearth, Beth put a pair of slippers down to warm. Joe forgot how tired she was as she sat up to hold the slippers nearer to the blaze. They are quite worn out. Marmy must have a new pair, said Joe. I thought I'd get her some with my dollar, replied Beth. I'll tell you what we'll do, continued Beth. Let's each get her something for Christmas and not get anything for ourselves. Meg announced, I shall give her a nice pair of gloves. Army shoes, best to be had, cried Joe. Some handkerchiefs, all hemmed, said Beth. I'll get a little bottle of cologne, and it won't cost much, so I'll have some left to buy my pencils, added Amy. We must go shopping tomorrow afternoon, Meg, said Joe. Upon hearing a cheery voice at the door, they turned to welcome a tall, motherly lady. She was not elegantly dressed, but a noble-looking woman, and the girls thought the gray cloak and unfashionable bonnet covered the most splendid mother in the world. Well, dearies, how have you got on today? There was so much to do, getting the boxes ready to go tomorrow, that I didn't come home to dinner. Mrs. March got her wet things off, her warm slippers on, and sitting down in the easy chair drew Amy to her lap, preparing to enjoy the happiest hour of her busy day. The girls flew about trying to make things comfortable, each in her own way. Meg arranged the tea table. Joe brought wood and set chairs, dropping, overturning, and clattering everything she touched. Beth trotted to and fro between parlor and kitchen, quiet and busy, while Amy gave directions to everyone as she sat with her hands folded. As they gathered around the table, Mrs. March said with a particularly happy face, I've got a treat for you after supper. A quick, bright smile went around like a streak of sunshine. Joe tossed up her napkin, crying, A letter! A letter! Three cheers for father! Yes, a nice long letter, said Mrs. March, patting her pocket as if she had got a treasure there. I think it was so splendid in father to go as a chaplain when he was too old to be drafted and not strong enough for a soldier, said Meg warmly. They all drew to the fire, mother in the big chair with Beth at her feet, Meg and Amy perched on either arm of the chair, and Joe leaning on the back where no one would see any sign of emotion. Little was said of the hardships endured, 
the dangers faced, or the homesickness conquered. It was a cheerful, hopeful letter, full of lively descriptions of camp life, marches, and military news. And only at the end did the writer's heart overflow with fatherly love and longing for the little girls at home. Everybody sniffed when they came to that part. Joe wasn't ashamed of the great tear that dropped off the end of her nose, and Amy never minded the rumpling of her curls as she hid her face on her mother's shoulder and sobbed out, I am a selfish girl, but I'll truly try to be better so he mayn't be disappointed in me. We all will, cried Meg. I'll try and be what he loves to call me, a little woman, and not be rough and wild, but do my duty here instead of wanting to be somewhere else, said Joe, thinking that keeping her temper at home was a much harder task than facing a rebel or two down south. Beth said...